Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, it's Jim Norton. We have a great episode of Unfiltered. Matt is away, but we have Jamie Josta, who's a huge UFC fan and a very fun guy sitting in. We have Dustin Poirier and Matt Brown on the phone. Lots of fun. Chaws are dropped throughout this arena. Nobody is sitting down. Chasing that finish. Elbows raining down. Oh! On the button. Are you kidding me? Oh, he heard him again. He's out. This is UFC Unfiltered. And now, your hosts... Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Yeah, well, let's stop with that whole thing. Matt's away. As you know, he's away for a few days, and we're going to have guest hosts in. And uh, today we have a good friend of mine, a guy who is a big UFC fan, which is always important. I don't like when we have guests that are not UFC fans. Uh, Jamie Jasta from Hatebreed, who has been on our show before. How are you, Jamie? Good, thanks for having me back. Yeah, good to see you. Appreciate it. I always appreciate it, especially a guy who loves fighting as much as you do. Well, as a fan of the podcast, you have had some guests that weren't really into UFC that I still thought were great episodes. Like, I listened to that one with uh, the guy from MTV2 who's on the morning hip-hop station. Oh, yeah, Charlemagne. Charlemagne, yeah, I like Charlemagne. That was a great uh, episode. I enjoyed it. And I thought, uh, not, once he said, oh, I'm not into UFC, I was going to turn it off, but I kept it on. I st- stuck with it. And- he was honest enough to say that. And they say that, like, UFC, like, hey, we have pop culture guests. So we try to mix it up because you get certain podcasts that are just pure MMA or pure and but you have the unfiltered wanted it to be like yeah a little bit of a mix of both just because you don't you know you don't have the same thing in the market you want to have you look at the fighter and the kid they, they do a little bit of both they talk fighting and they have whatever so I'm happy that you're uh you're here uh did you watch the fights I'm sure you did yeah it was great I was yelling at the tv and it was incredible it was what it was probably one of my favorite UFCs in a long time um what now what was the biggest shock there was two TJ winning it's always a shock to see an 11-0 Cody Garbrandt go down, but TJ's a great fighter, so it wasn't that big a shock to see two guys equally match one win. Well, that first, uh, I guess it was right at the bell when he when he knocked TJ down. Yep. I was like, oh, man, he got saved by the bell. But then, and he looked wobbly going back. Yeah, he did get saved, I think. You're right. And, uh, and so, I think I might have tweeted that, and some people were like, no, you know, he was still in it, but... Then he just came back so strong, and to get um, the finish, I mean, wow, it was it was just incredible. Did he drop him with a kick too? Did he drop Cody with a kick? Yes, it was a yeah, kick, left that. kick or something. Um, I, you know, Nami Yunus knocking out Yunjechik is, is one of the biggest things. I mean, I still think Weidman Silva was a bigger surprise to me, 
But that was a tremendous shock to see her knock her out. Like if it had been the fourth round and Joanna was getting mounted and finally got choked, all right. But to get knocked out in the first round by Rose, nobody saw that coming. I don't know. I put money on Rose and I won. I wasn't shocked that she necessarily won because I did pick her to win. But I was shocked that it happened in that fashion. Yeah. What were the odds? It was, she was plus 500, dog. I don't know what that means. It means <laughs> if you put 100 bucks, you won 500. How much you bet? 100. So you won 500? Yeah. That's nice. It was great. And she's great. I've always loved her. Like, I have to give Danny from Biohazard a quick shout out. He's a big MMA fan and, and an old friend of mine. And we've been talking about her since she was on Tough. And we've been fans. And she's just amazing. And so I really wanted to see that happen. I, I wasn't... Uh, I, I think I put out a, twi- a tweet for my DraftKings picks. I, I had Joanna in my tweet just in case people who had challenged me on head-to-heads. Like, but I was picking Rose, and sure. she was great value on DraftKings, too. It was, just, it was a fun night. I mean, it makes it more fun to follow when you're doing that stuff. She, uh, it's funny. The first time I saw Rose, I was on a bus. I was on the UFC fighter bus at UFC 200, and I see this beautiful blonde girl. I'm like, yeah, she was looking at me. I'm like, oh, my God, I might be getting vibes from her. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out I was certainly not getting vibes from her at all. She was just looking at me because she was like, who's the fucking little creep sitting with Matt Sarah? And then I realized who her boyfriend was. I'm like, oh, boy, am I glad I didn't try to flirt with her. That would have been a disaster. She was just being friendly and you know, she's just a nice person. Yeah. Then that's the problem. Man, a woman smiles at you and says hello. And you're like, oh, maybe she like Instead of realizing, no, she's a, she's a fucking cage fighter. She Cage fighters don't look at... at, at titted frumpy men <laughs> and go oh that's the guy <laughs> well, it's like when you when you load into a venue and there's a girl runner or, or a pretty a pretty girl working at the venue you got to understand that they've probably been hit on by every rocker exactly. and roadie and every dude because they're like they get to the new town and they see her and <laughs> yeah robert plant rubs his bulge in her face you have no shot <laughs> right. at talking to this girl especially yeah. when i have a hundred tickets sold and it's an yeah. 1100 seat theater <laughs> what am i gonna do go in there hey how are you baby you know jeff dunham just did a nine show run and they all made money and with me they were gonna cancel but the promoter's polite you paper the room you paper the room it's fucking 50 paid tickets i'm like well, who the fuck are they fucking with like it's papered like oh shit um but back to the tj fight I think that that was the best case scenario business-wise, promotion-wise for the UFC because now it sets up the the, the uh, Demetrius Johnson TJ, yep. super fight, which I really want to see. And I hope that uh, Demetrius gets the props that he deserves. And you know that that's going to be a great fight. They're both really, really great fighters. And it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting matchup. Um, they fought before. No? No. No, they were... That oh, was Dominic the whole Cruz. Thing with, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Cruz beat uh, TJ? <clears throat> yeah, Razor okay. Thin. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then TJ beat Cruz. Right. Um, you know, it was a... Oh, wait, no. Uh, Cruz beat TJ. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, that, I always said TJ beat Cruz. I was wrong. Oh, no. I'm, I'm getting... But I'm do, getting you wanna, w- do you want to see... Uh, a TJ Mighty Mouse fight. And then what's going to happen is you have... Uh, you have... Uh, Cody is awaiting the winner of fucking... Uh, uh, oh, my God. Cruz uh, and Jimmy uh, Cruz Rivera. Cruz and uh, Jimmy Rivera. Winners and losers from every uh, fight on the main card is exciting. I mean, even in like if you look at that James Vick, which that was a great win for him. Yeah. Uh, like I'm excited to see who Duffy would fight next. I mean, there's a lot of parity in that division, and uh, with these two, I guess rumored UK cards, there's so much. That's why I was asking before we started taking uh, about yeah, like yeah. you know, uh, Norman Park and Ross Pearson. It, it, there's so many great opponents that Duffy could face. There's a lot of guys. That Vic can face. Hopefully, someone will step up and 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 take that fight. Well, they're saying now. Uh, you know, Dana said Darren Till against Wonderboy 
is happening February 24th. Now, apparently Wonder Boys, people have said we don't know anything about that, but that's a tremendous fight. Um, he's just coming off that 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 huge win, and that, that's a great fight. Didn't Darren Till call out uh, Mike Perry? Yeah, he called it. Well, uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, because Perry's already lined up with Ponzinibbio, but after his win, he they called him out. You know, they were arguing. Perry, uh, Wonder Boy would be a fun fight to watch. Oh, absolutely. That'd yeah. be a really fun fight to watch. All I right. can't root against Wonder Boy against anybody. Yeah, well, Wonder Boy's team He's is great. saying, like, they want to move forward in the division, you know what I mean, in terms of the rankings. Like, and Wonder Boy's, you know, whatever, two or three at this point. So it's hard for him to... to what What can they do? To, yeah. uh, is Darren Till ranked at this point or no? Uh, yeah, I think he's number eight. I yeah, what's, what's and the they advantage for Wonderboy to do that when he's probably wants another shot at the title? I mean, uh, you know, yeah, and he, he just comes off a fucking really a, a very dominating win over of Masvidal. Like, what, why why would he want to go backwards just to help boost Darren Till? Right, like, and what? that was and right. that was such a great fight, and Masvidal's so tough. It's like, yeah, you kind of want to see him figure out the riddle that is Woodley at this point. But yeah, so who is? But besides him, who's next in line for Woodley? Uh, the winner of, I think, uh, of Lawler and uh, uh, RDA. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's who's yeah. the next in line for And then maybe Wonderboy gets the winner of that. I like Tyron Woodley. Like, I'm not rooting against him. But it would be more. It would be interesting for me to see, um, I, I mean, like a fucking uh, uh, RDA against uh, Thompson be really interesting. Right. And so would uh, Lawler against fucking uh, Wonderboy. I'd love to see that, too. Oh, that would be fireworks, too. Yeah. That, There's so that, many good fights. So many good fucking that possibilities. In that division Yeah. Yeah, well, and you got Condit's fighting Magni, so you know either one of those guys could. Jump Where are those up guys ranked ten. though? Condit's currently seven. These have the update. The rankings not that it means everything. Yet, and what is Magni six? Condit's seven and, and uh, Magni's eleven. Okay, I was off by five. All oh, right, because Magni lost against. Um, wait, yeah, when was that? He lost it in the last couple of months. Yeah, he, he lost, did just yeah. lose. Uh, didn't he lose quickly too? It oh, he was, lost to uh, RDA. Yeah, RDA. Yeah. Right. yeah, he beat him. Yeah, and then before that, is he on a two fights kid? Was before that he fought Damian? Or was that a while ago? I, I can't remember. I think I think it was uh, Hendrix before that. If okay. I'm not mistaken, let me say. Hendrix, I'm so just, I'm just so glad he didn't get like grievously injured in that fight. I was seriously worried after watching the weigh-ins. That guy, I mean, that kid, yeah, is just a monster. Oh, and I absolutely. gotta give it to Johnny. I mean, he was game. For, he He's was a up fucking for animal. <laughs> but you can't take that guy down. Oh my god, that guy was just. Hendrix is in kind of that no man's land. I feel like right now where he probably physically can't make 170 anymore and he's a little small for middleweight you can't so. fucking you, what, are you, what are you gonna do put him up against romero or put him, no i mean can't. those guys are just he's tough they're as nails too big. but they're too big right what do you and what do you think now what does uh gsp do does he stay at one uh uh 85 and find fucking and, and and deal with whitaker i don't i don't think he should right. i th- what, what does he get out of it I mean, I mean is, that, is Whitaker a big name, like a big enough name? Well, what I thought, this is my, you know, me, Mr. Strategist, who can't keep a fucking relationship going. Um, <laughs> I, I think, do they do Whitaker in Australia? Oh, right. There he's a draw. GSP yeah. Whitaker, because he'll already do great in Canada. He'll do great in the United States because it's GSP. So Whitaker, to make him bigger, and also, that would be huge in Australia and, and maybe over there. So right. maybe you do something like that, or New Zealand or something like that, where Robert Whitaker is probably a bigger name than he is here. But again, that's not a big advantage for GSP. Or is he drop down to welterweight, which is fucking easier, and then just get a, a pretty, a fairly fast title shot um, at whoever. Maybe he gets. Uh, you know what? No, they wouldn't want him against Woodley because Dana doesn't want to give Woodley that fight. So maybe they wait for the uh, the uh, winner of uh, uh, RDA uh, Lawler. Lawler fights Woodley, and then the winner of that gets GSP. But then GSP is sitting for too long. 
Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's tough for both divisions because, you know, as great as GSP is, he's been out for however many years. And there's, a, you know, like we said, there's just kind of a logjam with then, all these guys. Then so. again, maybe what he does, though, is because there's no... Because Whitaker, and no offense to Whitaker, I love him, but he's not a marquee name like like George St. Pierre is. Maybe they keep GSP there or hope that he wants to stay there. Because, hey, man, if he can stay champion for a couple of fights, that's a huge name as a middleweight um, yeah, that we don't he, have right now. Is right. he too big now also to to make that cut to welterweight? I mean, he said he put on a lot of muscle. He looked he a looked little big. tired by round two, though. By round two, he looked a little bit tired. His stand-up was better than anyone thought it would be, and... You know, maybe he knew that Bisping is really hard to hold down, and Bisping was fucking kicking the shit out of him from the bottom. Like, who saw that coming, too? Like, Bisping's on his back and fucking slicing him open. So maybe, I don't know, does he want to deal with these these big middleweights? Or maybe he doesn't want to deal with Woodley on the ground. I'm babbling. I'm, like, coughing no. up. I apologize. Well, what about, like, a tune-up fight at welterweight? Like, if he if he did go to welterweight, what, one of these guys who's kind of a big name mm-hmm. but isn't maybe in the top ten... I mean, there there are a lot of guys that I would like to see him fight at. Belt fights only, I think. I don't think he does anything less for a belt. Like, why would he? He's 36, and if he loses once, it could be a BJ. Even though he just won the belt, so he's got at least a couple fights. But look what happened to BJ. Right. You know what I mean? He comes in, he looks terrible, then he fights Dennis Seaver. It doesn't look great. Like, I, I don't think that's the problem GSP has. No matter what happens in his second fight, he will get a third because he won the belt. Right. But who do you tune him up with? I think he's a mar- he's a too big a name. Well, the thing that everybody is you know talking about tune him up just with always, Nick Diaz. I, I, well, I was just gonna say Nick Diaz. The other thing, everybody not that says, that would be a tune up fight. Right. I, I don't want Nick to hear this. And no, no right? I mean, it, it would be it would be a big money fight, and yeah. people would, especially old school fans, hardcore fans, would go nuts. But if but who is like the new star for like the people that don't know GSP? I mean, who is the new welterweight star? I guess Colby Covington. He's making a lot of you got noise, him. You got to put him against. Mike Perry? Yeah, I mean, that would yeah. be... Again, Darren Till, Wonderboy, I mean, you know. Right. But well, the other... I mean, everybody's saying, when you know, put Connor and GSP together at 170. <laughs> but Connor wow. has said... Didn't he say before Diaz again he wanted to do it at 155? Yeah. He wants to stay at lightweight. I don't think Connor wants to do it at 170 again. Yeah. Uh, even though that's, he wound up winning there and going five rounds, which, you know, I never loved Connor, but that was so impressive to see that guy go fucking five rounds at that weight with that animal yeah. who did have a full camp by that point. You know, this, this was not him coming off a, you know, coming off the bench. This was Diaz with a full camp right. and Connor's doing it. So I, I was very impressed. They're going to do part three, right? It's got to be. I like, don't want them to. I, I want to see him fight F- Ferguson. I want to see him fight Khabib. I want to see him. I want, I'd rather see fucking Edson Barbosa against Connor. That I would. Right. I don't care about a third fight with them. But for the business, I mean, St. Patrick's Day. What are you hearing? Because I'm hearing rumors. And- I mean, uh, we, we, you know, we we hear rumors too. But it's I I, I think the fight has to be Connor versus Tony next. That really? has, to be, has next, to be to me for the yeah. integrity of the division and, and and of MMA. You have to, Tony. It's like you gotta you gotta solidify that. I mean, you know, I mean, Ferguson's an animal. And he's getting a big enough name now where people want to see him fight. You know, uh, they want to see him and Khabib fight. That didn't happen. I think Khabib against uh, Edson Barboza is a fight that I can't wait to see. Yeah, for sure. When is that? Now? Um, I don't know. Is, it, uh, is that in December? Is that in Russia? Isn't he like is that a December huge 30th? star in Russia? Yes, he is. Is that December 30th? But they had, they had speculated Connor against him in Russia. But they, they, with, uh, Khabib doesn't get Connor at first because they're afraid he won't make the weight. And that's a scary thing. You have to have a guy who can make the weight if you're going to put Connor's name on a fight. Jim, I got to get on your level here because I'm I'm only one coffee. I in apologize, dude. I'm yapping. No, you're great. I'm, I'm yapping. I, 
<laughs> I need to I need to power. I need to fuel up right here. But I I think if they do it in Ireland, St. Patrick's Day, doesn't matter who the opponent is. The problem is the time in Ireland. That's the only issue they've had is the time. Well, is it six hours ahead in Ireland? I think so. For them to do it, eleven twelve for a ten o'clock car, eleven twelve one two three four starts at four a.m. That's why it's hard to do. They right, do it in England though. Park. What's that? We can't get Croke Park. My father lives in Ireland. It's funny because they just like there is a reason they don't do it. Yeah, it's probably because... Curfews and shit like that? Yeah, or the union. I mean, we. I remember when we would play at Roseland. If you go like five minutes over, you're paying like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some crazy union over uh, whatever. Overtime. That's why people hated guns. The band was so mad at Axel. <laughs> he fucking, they start the show at midnight. They would all walk out with a dollar seventy-five if they would a fucking three-hour show. He's out of his mind. But uh, with Ferguson... I mean that would be a I, that would be a great fight. I would love to see that. I just think for the business of it, they want them. The most interest is to right. see the, the problem is that Nate hasn't fought since then. You know what right. I mean? That's kind of what's frustrating about it because he's you know f- fifth or sixth in the division, but he hasn't fought yeah. anybody since Connor. All know, due so. respect to Nate, he's yeah. great. He's no, fun like to, to watch. He's a fucking tough dude. He's MSG, an animal. You could do it again if they don't do it in Ireland. <laughs> Ferguson, though, I want to see Ferguson. I want to see Ferguson and Connor. And I think every MMA fan really wants to see that. And you got to do some of the big specialty fights, but you got to do some that are legitimately are, are solidifying and, and you know, kind of uh, uh, the title. Unify right. the belt. Unify the belt. Yeah. Sorry, yes, but whatever. you, you got to do that. I mean, like, let's be honest. This, it, this is a sport where people where people are ranked and they earn their spot. And uh, I don't just want to see big name fights to get some fucking guy who's not necessarily a fan. I get that that's the business model, but there's also an integrity in the sport. And I want to see Tony Ferguson, who's earned his spot, get a shot at Connor, who has earned his title. Right. Um, you know, and, and he chose to keep this one, and and uh, he vacated uh, the featherweight. So yeah. fine. N- now let's see what, what's going to happen. Connor right. GSP, though, that is really interesting. <laughs> now that you yeah. say that. Because anywhere that goes is huge, right. and then you got the whole Canada versus Ireland thing. I mean, but but GSP would have to drop; he's not dropping, uh, uh, you know, thirty pounds. So you have to drop down to welterweight, and Conor would have to go up to welterweight. And I don't think Conor wants to do a GSP at welterweight. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he wants to because he understands that GSP is way too experienced in the wrestling to get suckered by the hype. Yeah. Like he, George JP is way too fucking much of a veteran to be oh, intimidated. Yeah. By rhetoric. Well, yeah. To co- I mean, what he did uh, this, you know, at two seventeen. It's like he, the guy's been out for so many years. He comes back, missing, screaming at him the entire time. <clears throat> Huge pressure, and it didn't. He phase doesn't him give at a all. fuck. GSP yeah. is a Zen guy, so Connor might get on his nerves a little bit. But but he Connor knows that if George St. Pierre gets his hands anywhere near him, he's finished. He but has no shot thing, on the ground, though. The three belt thing. Who's done three? No one. Yeah. No one, but so had, that is. I mean, I know what you're saying, and I agree, but I'm just saying, like, from that standpoint, to be that dude, right. if he was to... And what about a catchweight fight? Or you can't... If it's a catchweight, then you don't get belt. the belt. It's gotta be a belt. Yeah. But why don't... Like, we were talking about Hendricks. Why doesn't more dudes who are kind of in that limbo area, like, why don't they just do catchweight fights and fight guys with big names? I think there's no interest. I think people are afraid. That's why they have interim belts. That's my guess. I mean, no one's ever told me this, but I think that there's so many different divisions with so many great fighters that they're more concerned that who gives a shit about a catchweight fight when you can have a title fight or you can have the potential for a title fight. Hey, or you can have an interim belt fight. Right. Like, they always want something to be on the line to sell the pay-per-views or to make people interested. That, that's my guess. But look, Connor GSP, I would I would be interested in seeing that fight. But Connor, on some level, has to know that if if George St. Pierre gets anywhere near him, or they get up against the cage for three seconds, he's fucking finished. Because if Chad Mendez gave him a hard time on the ground, it's no disrespect on to a Connor. short camp. On yeah. a short camp, I think yeah. on a three week camp, he put Connor down, and Connor had a hard time. 
Against GSP, forget it. Yeah, and he GSP does not want to. Big, yeah. And he's looking big, <laughs> yeah. dude. Do you want to go up and wait and deal with fucking George St. Pierre? Look, all right, he's older, but he's 36. Right. And he's had four years of not fighting and not getting knocked around. Well, what's interesting is, too, and by the way, we're going to call Dustin Poirier in one second. Yes. But it, Connor, we don't know what Connor's walking around at now. You know, he fought Good Nate point. Uh, or whatever. He, he fought Alvarez at 155. But what did he fight Floyd at? Uh, that was 154, but who knows what he walked into the the ring at? Right. You know, so who who even knows what way Connor's floating around right now as? So they're Can fighting. Uh, Justin, sorry, uh, Justin Poirier is fighting Anthony Pettis, the main event at UFC uh, Fight Night Norfolk this Saturday, November the 11th at 10 o'clock on e, uh, FS1. That's a great fight. Great fight. Can't wait for that. Um, is he on the phone now? No, he's Chris is going to get him before we talk to him. About the names and the catchweights, even if it wasn't at a catchweight, wouldn't you want to see like Cerrone versus Hendricks? You know, I, I yes, they're and both coming off a loss. I mean, they're. I mean, for me as an old school fan, that is more interesting than seeing one of those guys fight another bigger guy like they both just did. You know, it's funny, man. I don't know if I'd want to see that. I'll tell you why. Even though I get what you're saying, and you're not wrong, there is interest in it. I'm much more interested, and again, in watching a guy like Darren Till fight somebody or, or watching uh, Ponzinibbio or watching uh, uh, fucking Mike Perry fight a guy like Cowboy. Like, I always want some kind of an, like, uh, where are they going further from here thing. I kind of like to see a little forward motion. It isn't that I don't want to see guys in, you know, ranked 14th get a fight, but I, I kind of like the idea that there is some step either forward or back for either of them. And at the catch weight, there isn't. Um, but I'm not saying you're wrong, and there are certain fights that I'm sure would be interesting at a catchweight. And they've talked to Dana about adding divisions. Hey, if he adds divisions, then there's a belt at stake. You know what I mean? That's the thing that I think will ultimately get Dana and the UFC to add belts because, I'm uh, sorry, add, add divisions, is because catchweight fights with no belt implication are not as interesting as a catchweight fight. But hey, here's the right, new super welterweight champion. They're only interesting if the guys have a name and if there is some sort of narrative or some sort of competitive. Uh, I guess edge there with the reason why I bring up uh, Cerrone and Hendricks is because they're both coming off a loss. They both fought guys who are bigger, stronger, yes, faster agreed. than them. And I like the idea of rebuilding and they're, they're fan favorites who've been around a long time where you say, okay, well, yeah, they've never fought. Right. And we, we, we never saw it because they were in different divisions. Now they're in the same division. No. So it wouldn't even need to be a catch weight. Yeah. I mean, or no, would... no, actually, Hendricks would have to come back down. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, that, well, that's what hurt Mighty Mouse and, and TJ. Hey, what's up, uh, Dustin Poirier? What? No. No answer. Yeah, we'll get him. Um, that that's what hurt uh, Mighty Mouse. TJ, I think, was he said TJ had never made that weight and he wanted to go for the thing. He did not want to fight at, at a catch. He wanted it to be a championship fight. Um, you know what I mean? He didn't want to fight. I guess. I guess that would have happened. It wouldn't have been a championship fight if TJ hadn't made the weight. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't have counted towards his title defense. I think most. Also, of these- we're talking about that. I don't think that. Uh, Demetrius signed the fight. Like it's not even like happening yet, right? No, he I think. Oh anything. no, no. But, but he has to. Like, he has to take the fight. There's nobody else. People give a shit about watching him fight, and that's not to knock Demetrius. Look, I like the guy. He does all his press. He's a very responsible fighter. It. You got it. You, you got the record. I. For, I think he'll take this fight yeah. for the money and the big name thing. And what a great. Well, everything fight. lines up right too because you have Cejudo and uh, Sergio Pettis are fighting December second, right. so they would need a few months after that fight, you know, to recover. You could put. 
TJ and DJ together, and then TJ you know. versus DJ. It's just yeah. I hate the fact that that works out so beautifully. <laughs> TJ versus DJ. Yeah, that could work out nicely. But maybe that's why they add divisions, or maybe that's why they do it just to get championship fights at different weights and more belts. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did that, right? And yeah, but you're, then you're going to have more guys, bigger guys, trying to go down. I think that might you would lose guys in the higher uh, weight classes down to these middle divisions and then you're still But would you know, are those guys going to want to try to make the weight? That's what Dana said recently. He was talking about it and he was like, you know, people are concerned about the weight cutting and people get injured doing that. But he's like, but if we add more weight divisions, people are just going to try to cut more weight. That's it. You know, they're just going to find a way to do it. So, And then you're going to see like these fights where a cowboy who's obviously much smaller and Hendricks who's obviously much smaller. You're just going to see more of that. I would imagine if they added more weight classes, but we talk, by the way, Joe Rogan said this. Sorry, Jamie. I I forgot to mention this being a negligent ass that I am. Uh, Joe said he heard a rumor, and it's a rumor, so we don't know if it's true, uh, about John Jones's failed drug test. Now, according to Joe, he said he cannot tell who told him this, but he said the stuff that John tested positive for takes a long time to get out of your system, right? You know what else? uh, You find that stuff, and I'm quoting Joe. You find it in creatine. Well, when they get creatine, sometimes from China, it's tainted with steroids. They use that creatine to cut cocaine. Purely speculative, but it could have been, and this is speculation, was John doing cocaine? I don't want to start any John Jones rumors. It's easier for me to palate or stomach the fact that he was stupid enough to do cocaine than the fact that he was steroid cheating. Right. Um, and it's like, John, if you if you did cocaine, if you're still in that world, uh, I, I don't know. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, you, you, you're in the prime of your life. What are you doing? Um, but that's a crazy and stupid thing, but I can understand that as a compulsive kook myself. I can understand that easier than him thinking he can get away with drug cheating. I don't see John Jones being stupid enough after coming back from the fucking dick pills thing to go, yeah, I can do steroids and get away with it. Do I believe that he might've done cocaine when he knew he wasn't going to get tested? Not realizing it was cut with that? Maybe. He should be sending that cocaine into USADA, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, but that is part of the problem, though. Did you ever have a problem with cocaine? Yeah, I've done enough of it, yeah. Okay. So you know, and I know someone who's had a really, really bad problem with it, that, like, day after, that feeling of just... It's a horrible crash. Yeah. So you're never really away from it. You're always addicted. Like, the first time you do it, even though people... Like, I have an addictive gene. I can't do it because I'll just go off the rails. But people who who can party socially, and maybe John is one of these people. No, he's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, no. Had, he didn't have an accident after they found drugs in his glove compartment. That's not the, the signs of a social partier. <laughs> when I met him, I'm backstage at the Prudential Center, and we're and I, I just wanted to meet him and get a picture with him. Sure. You know, big fan. And I, I, I'm looking at him, looking, and I'm trying to like gauge the timing when to go in because Randy Couture is back there and Ronda's back there. Was this there. the Shogun fight? Was this when he was fighting for the title? No, this I was, was uh, <sighs> this was the night that Alan Belcher beat the shit out of uh, Paul Harris. Oh, uh, okay. Which was a yeah, sick was fight. Nice, yeah. And uh, so he, we lock eyes, and he jokingly says, "Are you sizing me up, bro?" And like, and we started talking. It was super cool. Yeah, he's a nice guy. And uh, and I. Just remember thinking like he would be a fun guy to go out with tonight after the show. We're near Newark. I've you know back in the days playing the pipeline and <laughs> in that those areas. There's a lot of places you can go and get into a lot of trouble very easily. But uh, once you're in that lifestyle, I'm not in that lifestyle anymore. Sure. I don't go. You know, I have a daughter who's a teenager. I don't go to clubs. I don't go to strip clubs. But once you're in it and you 
and I remember the first like whatever three four years of trying to be sober. You do go back every now and then just to get that taste. And maybe he just had one night where he went out and he's like, all right, I did it. Now I got to get this out of my system before I get tested. And yeah, maybe it was. Not realizing creatine was in it. Right. Not realizing that that was what it was cut with. Yeah, man. I mean, it could be something like, that's easier for me to swallow. The stupidity of that, doing coke, which again, you're doing coke 10 days before. For right. Well, and I was going to say, again, totally speculative. There's some oh, rogue yeah, saying. Yeah, but also, know. to your point, I but know you, you were- know. I mean, after the shows, you could. You, there's so much temptation. Like It's hard to explain to someone who's- who, like I've, I talk to people who are not in the entertainment business, and and you are now, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and you know they'll like when they come to our shows and they they work a regular job. They don't they're coming to work. Like we're working, even yeah. though it looks like yeah, there's party. booth backstage and we're going out to the after party. Like these. The, the average folks don't get that, that this temptation is 24 hours around the clock. You can get an, a direct message on your Instagram. Hey, I got an eight ball. Come over. You know, like from, a, from another celeb or another. Yeah. And it's. It is tempting. And so sometimes you want to say yes because it seems like it'd be fun to do with that person. And I was going to say, by the way, I know you were joking, but it's like, that's the thing. If it was, say, cocaine that's tainted with creatine that has terenable in it, you can't <clears throat> send that to you. So you can't prove that. So, so what would the penalty get- be for doing cocaine? Well, it's not. He didn't test positive. No, 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 no. But I'm saying oh. if that. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean. If it turned out that was. Oh, so it doesn't really matter how it got in his system. Right. If he can't say I did coke and that's why I got steroids in my system, they go, Oh, all right, you only did coke. Fight again next week. That's yeah, no, but he'd be. Years, be but he right? would. I think. I don't know, but I think he'd be better off being like, I took this cocaine. Well, here's the it thing about cocaine. It, you, know? you cannot test the sample. Right. Because cocaine addicts don't save a sample. Yeah, it's gone. There's nothing left in the bag. <laughs> but also, like, what asshole, like person is out there tempting him to go party i mean everybody should know like don't fucking talk to this dude let him fight he might have the greatest ever he might have asked for it it's john's responsibility again it's uh, if that's what he did it it was his responsibility as a guy who is the uh change wants to be the champion yeah like it's hard. It's hard to change the number, to, to stay out of those situations. I've had to do it. It's extremely it, hard. If that's what it is, if that's what it is, uh, John, it's like you're throwing your fucking life away on this on nothing. Like yeah. you literally could be one of the, the, the greatest fighters in history and people love you and want to see you win. And you had this wonderful win over Cormier, yep. this kick to the head where Cormier was doing a lot better than he was in your first fight. And you this impressive, decisive win, you stun this fucking this little rock figure which is Cormier who's never been stunned and uh you find it out okay Dustin are you on the phone buddy yeah what's going on hey buddy you're talking Matt Sarah's out today you're talking to Jim Norton and Jamie Josta from Hate Breed is my co-host how you doing what's up Dustin good good uh you're fighting now I'm gonna take it that uh right now you are in uh Norfolk yeah and what do you Virginia so how far how long in advance will you get into town before you have to fight it just depends uh how big the time change is or what's going on but this is Eastern time, and I was in Florida, so I got in yesterday. Oh, okay, so there's no real adjustment. When you're fighting at different altitudes, like, have you fought in Mexico? No, I haven't. But when you're fighting at a different altitude, Denver or whatever, do you give yourself two weeks to get there, or, or, or does that not bother you as much? Yeah, I would. I would, I would if I was scheduled, scheduled to fight something like that, I would, uh, you know, show up early to acclimate to, to the altitude and stuff for sure. So what, I've been on training trips in Colorado and stuff, and I've definitely felt the effects of... Uh, you know, the, the altitude. Does it help to train up at, at that higher altitude? I've heard mixed reviews on, on... They said sometimes it helps to live up there more than just to train. 
um, because your breathing gets more used to it. I, I don't know exactly what they said, but do do you do you just go up there for quick training trips, or do you will you spend like long extended periods of time at different altitudes? Um, I've never I've been there for um, short trips to help guys or just here and there, but I've never done like a whole training camp there, and I'm not even sure about the the science of how long. The effects, it definitely, the effects definitely do help athletic performance, but I don't know how long they stick with you after you leave the, the altitude and stuff. So, Now, your your last fight was at 211 on May the 13th against uh, Eddie Alvarez. In, in round two, it ended. It was illegal knees. Um, Eddie did land illegal knees on you uh, while you were a downed opponent, and it was ruled a no contest. Um, how did you feel about the end of that fight? You handled that very, very nicely, by the way. I appreciate it, man, but... You know, uh, in the heat of the moment, I thought maybe it could have been an accident or, you know, a mistake. Maybe he was still hurt from the shots. I know I had him hurt pretty bad. But after watching it again and after the way he, he went to social media and talked shit about the whole thing, I, I don't think it was an accident, I, you know. so. But in the heat of the moment, I did think. Okay, because you showed him a lot of respect when he was getting booed and stuff. Um, what made you say on social media that you thought maybe it wasn't an accident? What What happened there? Now he was just talking, talking shit on on social media, saying that I wanted out of the fight and all kinds of ridiculous stuff, man. But uh, he just showed his two colors. He's a, he's a he doesn't want to do it again. I know that. You but, think he uh, doesn't want to fight you I'm, again? No, he definitely doesn't. But honestly, uh, I'd rather talk about my fight this weekend, man. I don't, I don't want to look in the rearview. Yeah, understandable, un- understandable. Um, and how do you feel about the way Pettis is fought? He's coming off a, a unanimous uh, decision win off of a Jim Miller, which is not an easy fight. Um, and, and he's fighting uh, back at lightweight now. So how, how do you feel he looks, and uh, you know how do you deal with him? You know, he's a, he's a tough fighter, very skilled fighter with his uh, unorthodox kickboxing and also his jiu-jitsu. He has more uh, submissions than he has knockouts on his record, so I think a lot of people look past his jiu-jitsu. But, he, you know, he submitted two guys who, who, are, who are very good ground fighters. And, uh, you know, I, I know personally Jim Miller's a tough guy to get past because I fought him in, in February of this year. So uh, that, that's a good win. Jim's been around a long time, and he's a tough guy. So what do you think of the division as a whole? I mean, there, there there's so many interesting possible matchups. Like, let's say you win this fight. Let's say for the sake of argument, you beat Pettis. Um, and, you know, and right now you're number eight. So let's just say that moves you up, maybe number six. What what do you see as a possibility? Because, you know, everyone's talking about, well, is Conor going to fight Ferguson? Uh, you have Habib against, uh, against uh, Edson Barboza. So where do you see yourself if, you know, again, you don't look ahead of an opponent, but say you win this fight, and uh, where do you see that, that, that you might match up after this? I'm going to be right there, knocking on the door. Maybe one more fight, you know, one more fight than, than the title shot. Sure, one more, exactly. That makes perfect sense mathematically as well. Do you have anybody in mind that you would call out? And it's like, you know, because it does seem like in this day and age, with so many fighters and so many divisions, so many belts and interim belts, that it helps to kind of have somebody in mind because if it gets fan interest, a lot of times the, uh, the UFC will give you the matchup. For sure. Um, you know, I haven't really been... I've just been focusing on Anthony Pettis right now. You know, I, I don't even want to start thinking about matches up, matching up with uh, anybody after that. You know, I can't look past this guy. This guy's a former world champion. Oh, no, no. But, you don't uh, want to look past him. Just have a name in your pocket to scream out if you win. That's all. You don't have to look past Pettis. Just have a name to yell out whether you mean it or not. Just somebody. Because it does seem to help get guys get the fight. And, uh, you know, right. you don't want to get lost in the, the mix. The, the waters are definitely murky at, at lightweight with the with the interim belt and fights not happening. But like you said, if Connor and Tony can fight and uh, unify the belt, and uh, also Khabib is going to fight, 
Edson Barbosa, that's going to clear up the, the rankings a little bit, kind of give some give a better view of it. Uh, Eddie Alvarez is fighting Justin Gaethje, and I'm not asking for the fight. I'm, I'm telling you, after I beat Anthony Pettis, I'm going to fight the winner of that fight. Okay, so you want the winner of Alvarez Gaethje. So, okay, that will, because I'm looking at the, the rankings right now. Of course, the champion, we don't know what Connor's doing. Uh, so the champion and number one are kind of up in limbo, but two, three, four, five are fighting. Uh, seven just fought, and you're number eight, and you're fighting. See, I think you're right, man. That does kind of put you right there if uh, if you win this fight. But again, you can't look past uh, Anthony Anthony Pettis, who seems to be comfortable back where he is now. Right. Very dangerous fighter. Very unorthodox and uh, with a well-rounded skill set. And, uh, you know, you look at, uh, you, you get a guy, uh, he, he's a fellow uh, uh, ATT fighter, uh, uh, Colby. His controversial comments about Brazil, and, and, and how do you feel about stuff like that? Do you think that it hurts the team or helps the team and, and, and sheds light on you guys? Um, it definitely puts his name in the spotlight. It's helping him, I think. You know, I, I think uh, the way the sport's kind of going, guys like him, Kevin Lee, are, are making waves and getting closer to, to the title shots and where they want to be by stirring up stuff like that. You know, their name's in every headline. You're talking about him now. You're sure. making me talk about him. And that's just the, the effect it has. Well, yeah, it is a part of the game, too, because fighters have, like, like let's be honest, what you guys do is dangerous, man, and, and, and you know, you're hurting each other. So the the, 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 fat, the more fat you can cut out, quote-unquote, as far as your path to the belt, the, the better. So there is almost like a, a strategy to it that makes sense. It's not just background noise because it may cut out two fights that you have to do uh, because there's now a fan interest. And I think you're right. Kevin Lee kind of got to a championship maybe a little faster than he would have had he not been a, a guy who's very verbal. For sure. I mean, you know, coming from the way I, you know, I just, the way I am and the way I feel about fighting, I, uh, I'd rather stay true to myself, man, and do those extra fights than, than sit here and, and try to make up stuff or, or, you know, write quotes to say, and uh, that's not me, man. I'm a fighter. I'm not doing all that crap. Well, I respect that too. I mean, and, and also sometimes though, I think, and, and I, with, I say with respect, I think it's a little crazy too. Like, you know, fucking cowboy. Jesus, cowboy will fight a guy in the parking lot. Like, just, he just literally takes any fight. He just, the guy loves to fight. And there's times where I think when you're going for the belt and you're taking, like, you know, you're fighting a Darren Till in Poland, uh, which, again, it's an interesting fight, but it didn't help. It was much more bigger for, for Till than it was for, for cowboy. Well, and, and people, I think people feel, you know, the same way about Dustin. And Dustin, this is Jamie here. You know, you were talking about the fighting the winner of Gagey versus uh, Alvarez, and the narrative's already there, right? You know, you, you had the no contest. It sets it up perfectly. There is no real shit talk needed. Right. The f- hardcore fans want to see it. it. It's great, you know, and the fans that are rooting for you this weekend obviously want to see you get this win over Pettis and then and then see that rematch. But how, like, since this will be what? this is, It'll be your third fight this year. Like, how was the recovery from that? Did the knees really affect you where you concussed and... And how are you feeling? Uh, I feel great now. Uh, I actually live in Louisiana and train in South Florida. So we fought in Dallas, and me and my wife, the next day after the fight with Eddie, we drove home. And, uh, you know, the day after, I had a little bit of a headache and just felt a little weird. But it didn't last long. You know, I feel I was right back feeling good and feeling normal. And, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, and um, Jamie just mentioned the uh, Alvarez Gaethje. There is a narrative there with, with Alvarez if, if, if uh, he wins that fight. And with Justin, if, if he wins, that means he remains undefeated. I'm, I think he's 17-0. Is that what it is? Um, and he's kind of coming to the UFC a little higher ranked than one would have thought. Uh, he beats Michael Johnson on that, I guess, that fight night. Now, all of a sudden, he's ranked number five. 
uh, or six, whatever he is. That's a pretty high ranking for a guy just kind of coming in. Uh, but there's already something interesting there, too, because when you fight an undefeated guy, first of all, it's got to make you want to beat him even more just to put that fucking first loss on his record. And there's always more uh, eyes on that because an undefeated guy is fighting. For sure. Definitely, man. And he's a big name, and he's a guy who's the opposite of what we were just talking about. He doesn't talk a lot of trash. He just he, People want to see him fight for the violence. They know he's going to be in a, in a brawl, and it's going to be fun to watch. He's an exciting fighter. Those kind of fights get, get me excited to, to train and prepare for what do you and your wife talk about after a fight? Like, will you talk about the fight, or will you just will you kind of just kind of go right into family stuff? Or like, what is right after a fight? Do you want to kind of get away from the thought of it, or will you and her have a chat about it? Uh, it just depends. We definitely talk about it, but in this case, it's going to be exciting. You know, I've been in Florida for four months with her and my daughter. It's going to be exciting to go back home to Louisiana and get ready for Thanksgiving and Christmas. You know, for the last few years, I've been fighting around those times, so I've missed. Missed it a lot, and uh, I'm just looking forward to spending the holidays with my family. How much? How nice will it be to shove Thanksgiving food in your face and not have to worry about fucking cutting weight? No, oh, dude, it's going to be beautiful. I'm excited. I'm already starting to like put together a menu. I'm 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 throwing down, man. <laughs> Please tell me there's a turducken on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go a different route. There usually is, though. I'm sure somebody somebody in the family is gonna have turducken at the house. Wait, what? What is that? I don't know. Okay, that. so he's from Louisiana, and I'm in a band. I had I had a side band with Kirk from Crowbar. He's also in Down, who are two popular metal bands from Louisiana, and. You know they'll they'll do this thing where they put a turkey, a duck, and a chicken, right? And it's all oh, wrapped up together. No, it's uh yeah. So it's a turkey stuffed with a duck, and the duck is stuffed with a chicken, yeah. and then there's stuffing inside of the chicken. It's it's, it's crazy. It's is pol- it good? It's a poultry apocalypse. That's incredible. <laughs> Jesus, like the human centipede. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it but but it tastes good. No, it's incredible, yeah. We're going to order you one. I would eat one. <laughs> we'll, can we, we'll send it to the house. No, because I'm afraid that I'll try to... How do you... What is, like, if you deep fry it or something, you can have to fucking start an explosion. I have a kitchen that's a year and a half old. I still have cardboard in it. I've never cooked in my house. No, you just bake it in the oven. Okay, I can handle that. Hey, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, were you in Florida for the uh, for the hurricane? Did you get affected at all? I was, I was in there. I was in Florida for the hurricane, but I left with my family for a week. So it was kind of a break in training camp because... I, that, it was much needed because I, I originally thought I was fighting October 7th, so I went out there to Florida to start training camp really early. Then my fight got changed, and we, we agreed on November 11th. So it ended up being a 13-week training camp. So I needed that one week off, and, uh, well, I didn't really take it off. I went home and trained with my buddies back in Louisiana, but it was a nice nice week to get out of Florida. Now, did your house get messed up or anything or no? No, I, I, uh, my house is in, in Louisiana. Oh, well, you were, I mean, where were you staying? In a hotel or that? Or you staying with I, was staying, I was staying at an Airbnb. It, had, it got a little bit of water in, in it, but no, no major damage. Wait, Dustin Poirier stays in an Airbnb? They terrify me to use. I'm always freaked out being in it. I've never done Airbnb. Oh, you got to do it. No, I don't. I'm afraid yeah. there'll be bed bugs or something. I just went to one in LA, and it's like a third of the price of the hotel that I was staying at, and it's I'm, huge I'm in one and amazing. Now. I'm in one now in Virginia. So you do Airbnb. Now, would you ever let somebody stay in your house in an Airbnb? Hell I no. would. <laughs> he said, "Hell no." Is it is it weird being in someone's space like that? I've never done it. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of these places are like in, investment properties. I don't think, like the place I'm at right now, nobody lives oh. here. Yeah, it, they're it, staged, right? Yeah, yeah. So, do they change the sheets and stuff? Yeah, they do. Between, <laughs> course, they do man. between everything. Yeah. Between All right, every, I don't know. It's, I, I, it's just like going into a, into a, a hotel that's, but it's like an apartment or a house or a condo. You know, it, it's clean. A cleaning crew comes in and changes everything. But it's nice, especially on fight trips. 
Oh, okay. And, and uh, now when you're on the Trust road. Me, you don't want, you know, on a fight trip with coaches and sweaty underwear and jockstraps hanging around a room and you've got three or four coaches in a two-bedroom uh, hotel room, it, it gets nasty. Yeah, and you can do all your cooking and your nutrition stuff. That's a good point. For sure. Do you, now, washer and dryer. Do you stay with your coaches or is it just you in the place, you and your wife? No, it's me and my coaches. Oh, you're all in that place together. So you rent a house. Yeah, for sure. I didn't think they did. That's how stupid I am. I'm thinking some old lady just went outside and she's sitting in the car for two days. I didn't realize <laughs> it would be an investment property. Okay, that makes sense. They buy it and they just you know make their money on yeah. Airbnb. Like if for you sure. if you go do comedy days and you're doing three four nights at some place and like in L A this one I just stayed at for the Loudwire Wars it was eight hundred a night because of the World Series the the guy from uh, Slipknot Clown he got an Airbnb two hundred forty bucks a night it was huge huge beautiful house right. in the Hollywood Hills. And he's cooking. He's got his family there. So you're getting like 10 times the space for a third of the price. That's a good point. But Dustin, I don't know about you, but I've become a real diva. <laughs> I'm, I like a gentleman's accommodations on the road. I can't do it. I'm, I, but then again, I'm just me. You, you like food. room service. and Yeah, but he's got coaches and... with him and his wife. And You have kids, Dustin? Yeah, I have a daughter. But uh, she doesn't come to fight trips yet. She's still young. How, how old is she? She's 14 months. Oh God, she's oh, wow. really young. Now, when you yeah. the night before a fight, let's just say your daughter is with you. Will you stay in the same like hotel room with her, or because you need your sleep? Will you get a separate room so if she cries, you're not going to wake up and lose your fight sleep? No, man. I just told you she doesn't come with me to fight you. Oh, she has never come. Okay, I thought maybe there no. was one. Okay, no. All right. Well, that was a stupid question then. My follow up. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 fair enough. I'll admit it. I did hear you say that, but I'm like maybe once she has been on the road. All right. Let me ask. Right. This. No. No. All right. Here's a great question. Uh, when she eventually does come, will you be getting an extra room? <laughs> um, now, nah, by the time she's old enough to, to come to fight trips, to know what's going on, I'll, I'll, uh, she'll be with me. Oh, she'll be with you. Okay. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, listen, man, I, I love watching you fight. You, you're, just, you're one of the most exciting guys in the UFC. And Dustin is fighting Anthony Pettis, the main event, of course. UFC Fight Night in Norfolk this Saturday. November 11th at 10 o'clock on FS1, man. Uh, good luck. This is, there's a lot of implications in this fight on future matchups. So uh, good luck. Cause I got to be honest, I love Pettis as well, but I really would love to see you and Eddie finish that fight. So that, that's something I'm kind of would love we to have see. To. I, we have to. I agree. So good luck, man. Have a great fight. Okay. Thanks man. Good talking to you. All right. Take care, Dustin. All right. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good point that him and, uh, when when does Eddie fight uh, Justin Gaethje? Uh, Dece- uh, December second. That that's two eighteen. Oh. Dustin doesn't need the theatrics, but come on, don't you think if he like burned a Wheaties box with Pettis on it or something <laughs> like it would have just upped the just the ratings for the <laughs> yeah, just do something, just yeah. stomp on the Wheaties box and like or put or fill it with like fruity pebbles or something, and you know I don't know. Did, oh, yeah, I like your that's heads a, up. That makes well, sense. it's a wrestling. It's a, that was a wrestling gimmick, right? Like when The Rock did that to uh, to Cena. <laughs> oh, is that right? I don't know. <laughs> Something about Fruity Pebbles, and then the whole audience chanted that. But he's right. He doesn't need that sort of theatrics. He People want to see him fight regardless. I, I did want to – I forgot to to jump in there and ask about Colby Covington. I'll answer it. Did yeah, I, what? Okay. So do you think that it, that's just like the wrestling stuff? And behind the scenes, he's telling all the Brazilian guys, look, don't take offense to this. You know, because he's got to be training with no. like 50, 60. No? Because Leota Machida was in his face about it, screaming at him. For really? They said he got in his face before his own fights. Yeah, it was not happening. Yeah, if he was going to do it, he didn't do it fast enough because a lot of Brazilians are really mad about yeah, it. Yeah, you can't, you can't just say, like, I get being like a little, uh, I, I get talking shit. And Chael Sonnen did it a certain way. 
but you can't say you Brazilians are filthy dogs. Right. Like, is that what know, he said? Yeah, yeah he, he got or, on the mic and he goes, Brazil, you're a dump. All you people are filthy animals or whatever. Like, he, oh like, went right in. Unless yeah. you're responding to horrible treatment. Maybe he was responding to horrible treatment. I don't know. I don't know. Let me shake my bag of almonds. That <laughs> helps me think. You're so oh, healthy. That's a, health, that's a heavy bag of almonds. You're, you're, I wish my scrotum was that heavy. <laughs> so uh, what else do we got? Uh, News-wise... Uh, now, is, is Uzdemir going to fight uh, Volkan Uzdemir? Is he undefeated or no against Cormier? That's a possibility. Uh, what is his record, Uzdemir? Uh, I'm going to look it you up. You should not... know that off the top of your I'm head. Sorry, he's uh, he's not he's undefeated in the UFC so far. Yes, uh, but he's not undefeated overall. Yeah, but who, yeah, who did the... he just knock out quickly. Um, Jimmy Manawa. That's right. Yeah, well, he is a fucking hard hitting yeah, young he's, fella. He's uh, 15 and one actually. Who so did he lose to? Loss. He has a loss to uh, Kelly Oninson in, in a Bellator fight. What year is that? 2014. Okay, so he lost a couple of years ago. It's a ago. neck crank submission. Okay. Why, why is this fight happening and not... Um, is there another fight booked for it's, Alex? It's just been it's, talked about. Yeah, well, yeah, not efficient. Right, I mean, oh, okay. Cor- Cormier like, put something out on Twitter a while ago and was asking the fans, who would you rather see me fight? And he said, you know, hey, Volkan, you won, man. Like, really? That's who people want so, me to fight. But, but aside, like heavyweight yeah. rankings? I mean, he's well. such he's such a beast. And besides, like, the, the street cred... You know, with the hardcore fans, which he already has, what does he really gain out of this? Well, who's the Yeah, I mean, this guy is this is a dangerous, dangerous. He's ranked number fight. two. Yeah, but yeah. he's 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 unknown, right? Like as far aside from the hardcore fans that know him from whatever promotion he was in prior to the UFC. Cormier has to literally after that Jones fight, and they just gave him the belt back. People are going like, oh, he still had that Jones monkey on his back. The idea of not being able to beat right. John Jones. Right. So maybe he wants to fight Super a guy. Tough. Yeah, man. Maybe just he wants to fight killer. a guy. Because you get, everyone's got that one fighter who, be, who be, just becomes that thing that they carry with them. Like they can't beat. Yeah. You know, and maybe everyone, most people have that thing for him. It's John Jones. So uh, he's already fought Gustafson. I think he did a better job against Gustafson than Jones did. He had an easier time with him than, than Jones did. Not easy. Yeah, no, and, bo- and Gustafson's given them both their toughest fights pretty much. Oh, you think? So, all right, then I'm incorrect. Yeah. No, 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 uh, but I think you're right. I think Was Cormier, it a decision that he beat him on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah, Actually, it was Rumble Johnson that destroyed Gustafson. It was Rumble Johnson. Now that I'm looking at this uh, top 10, too, yeah, really, there's nobody that I think really pairs up with him well that would even be competitive. He's number two. I mean, he's beat everybody. Right? I, I don't want to see Glover yeah. Teixeira fight for the title or, or Jim, Jimmy Manoa just lost. Yeah. Uh, did I'm he surprised that Patrick Cummins is number 10. I mean, I like him as a fighter. Yeah. I think he's great. Um, but I, I didn't know that 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 division is really not that deep as far as right. Well, he was actually supposed, on his level. He was supposed to fight Corey Anderson this past weekend, but then he had some kind of staff infection. He was out and then OSP jumped in and right. fucking, and fucking boy yeah. put a fucking a left foot in this. The light heavyweight division. I got text. Is not as exciting as it could be. <laughs> I got texts from like 10 different people that just wrote dead at the no. same time. Dude, that was on my phone. It was crazy. But what I do, I would like to see, uh, DC go to heavyweight though at this point because does he want to do it though? Well, I mean, there's bigger name fights. There's, I mean, e- any of these guys on the heavyweight roster from three down, those are I, I now three to twelve. Those are all fascinating fights for him. You're the champion. You're, you're the champion. Do you want to deal with fucking Fabricio Verdum? Or do you want to deal like like uh, or Velasquez, who he probably wouldn't fight? Yeah, he'll never so fight close. Kane, yeah. Right, but he can get revenge for anybody that you know Kane's fought and 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 lost to right because who's Kane lost to in there? Um, uh, well, you know JDS. Where's JDS? Uh, yeah, Verdum and J- and Junior's not in because he's potentially being suspended by. Oh USA, right. So. Oh right, right, right. 
Oh, right. That's why he's in Gunner Fight Gang. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I, if I'm Cormier, I don't want to do that at this stage unless he's having a problem cutting weight. But it, the light heavyweight division, especially without Jones, is not... And Anthony Johnson just left. So it's not as exciting as it was at, at one point. Um, you know, without John Jones especially. So I, I would love to see Uzdemir fight him. Even with that OSP win on short notice and in that fashion, I mean, he was losing decisively right those first two rounds yes he was before he came back so it's not like you can say put osp in there with dc he needs to, osp needs to now fight maybe um i guess i don't, I don't know glover or who's yeah, well, what about gustafson i mean yeah. gustafson is there yeah so, so he doesn't have a fight book against no. osp yeah why not I, who I did guess. glover fight last time and he, he won, fought right? gustafson was the last fight i believe for Teixeira. yeah Oh, and then he lost badly in that. Yeah, right? I know yeah. he just lost badly. Okay. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, that division is not, there's not as much parity there, I guess. I don't, I, that's like my least favorite division right now, where at one point it was my favorite division. You know what I mean? It's, it's the way it is. I mean, I mean, there's some great fights to be had. John Volante versus uh, OSP would be sick. Yeah, sure. Uh, there's a lot of good fights in there. Noguera, Tyson I Tyson really... Pedro's young. Yeah. He's a young fighter. How many fights Tyson Pedro have? I, I want, you know, it's not many. I think he's like six and one or something when we just. Uh, he and he just lost his first fight. He did just lose his first yeah. fight. Okay. And who did he lose to? Uh, Ilir Latifi. Right. How did he lose? I don't remember. He, uh, I think it was just a decision. Uh, I can look it up, but I think it was just a decision, yeah. I who called out Latifi on this last card? Someone did, right? Wait. And I thought, oh, that's smart because he's in the top 10. Hold on. Who fought? No, hold on. I'll, I mean, let, me, let me just guess. <laughs> uh, Ignore the ruffling of the, the page. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm yeah. being honest. I'm going to guess. Who just called out Latifi? Somebody did, and it was like... Uh, for, was it OSP? Was it? I think it was. It yeah. Could, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's the only light heavyweight that fought, I think, right? Right. Yeah, so that I mean, that's that's a fun fight. Hey, I'm going to pee real quick. Let's okay. take a quick break. We'll come right back. Yep. Britney Spears was arguably the most popular musician for nearly a decade. But in 2008, she suffered what the media dubbed a meltdown. The perfect girl was finally breaking down. This was a year that will define her public profile. Everybody, Dwayne Johnson here to tell you about a new documentary podcast series titled What Really Happened? Narrated by award-winning documentary filmmaker Andrew Jenks in coordination with our company, Seven Bucks Productions. This series will look deep into the unknown sides of historic news stories and then ask what really happened. In February 2008, Britney Spears lost legal control of her life, and now, 10 years later, she is still managed, some would say controlled, by a conservatorship, a legal concept normally applied to those with serious mental illnesses or senior citizens. But what really happened to Britney 10 years ago? What role do men have in all of this? What does a conservatorship really mean? In this story, it's hard to define what real even is, but we'll try. Because we want to know what really happened. And we're going to try to get Matt Brown on the phone. Dustin Poirier was really uh, fun to talk to. There's some pretty good fights coming up here on this uh, fight night. Uh, Poirier versus uh, Pettis. Uh, Cesar uh, Ferreria, is that how you say his name? Cesar Ferreria? Uh, Fajeda. I could not. How do you know every name? He makes me sick. He knows every name, Jamie. It drives me nuts against Nate Marquardt. Um, and of course, the Sun Sour is fighting again. He's fighting Matthew Lopez. Joe Lazon versus Clay Guida is a great first fight. Great fight. That is a great first a fight. And favorite. And uh, Sanchez against Matt Brown. And we're going to talk to. Uh, could you close that, Jamie? I'm sorry, buddy. We're going to talk to Matt shortly. That that is, is just two legendary brawlers. That's a tremendous fight. John Dodson 
uh, is fighting uh, 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 Marlon Marais. Am I saying that right? Finally! Uh, Dodson is the uh, FS1 prelim uh, main event, which will get people to go into the other fight, you'd hope. Sage Northcutt is fighting. Michael Kionis. Uh, Sage is fighting again. So there's a lot of really, really interesting fights. Court McGee, I'm happy to see Court. Uh, he's fighting uh, Sean Strickland on the uh, Fight Pass prelims. And I believe we have Matt Brown on the phone. Hello, Matt. How you doing, man? Good, buddy. Matt uh, Sarah is out today. He's with his family at Disney doing, uh, you know, just goofing off. So you have myself and uh, Jamie Josta, who I believe you know. Yes. What's up? How badass. How are you? Very good. Very good. Now, how did you guys... Just be better. How did you guys meet, by the way? Can I ask Can I ask you that, Matt? How did you guys meet? We... Yeah, it was a, a mutual friend. Jeremy uh, Loper. Jeremy Loper, yeah. Put us in touch and... Shout out to happen, Jeremy. Man. Uh, Jeremy Loper, the uh, the radio guy. Yeah. Oh, from Florida. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a. Yeah. We we had radio fights with him, and then we became friends. And then all of a sudden, I met him years later. I'm like, oh boy, I'm fucking glad I'm friends with this guy. <laughs> he's a fucking. He's a savage. Wow, am I glad I never t- challenged him to anything. He's yeah, like a, he's like an MMA guy, right? Yeah, he's solid. Oh, he'd throw me through a wall. <laughs> all right. So, how how are you feeling, Matt? This Diego Sanchez fight is a tremendously interesting matchup, uh, definitely for the fans. Um, you know what? What? Uh, what are you doing to get ready for a guy like Diego Sanchez? He's just like two classic brawlers. I feel amazing, man. This is the best I've felt in a long time. I've, I've really been putting everything together. I think from my, all my years of experience, and um, man, I feel like uh, I could go out there and beat anybody on Saturday. So I don't care uh, what Diego's doing. Um, you know, whether he wants to brawl or whatever, uh, it's all irrelevant to me, man. When I'm at the level that I'm at right now, mentally and physically, uh, I'm unbeatable, and that's a fact. And I'm gonna go show that Saturday. Now, are you concerned that uh, you know that uh, are you concerned with his ground game at all? I mean, I, I know you're also very, very solid on the ground, but are you concerned that he's gonna try to keep you on the ground or no? Um, Diego needs to concern himself more with me than I do with him. So that's uh, you know I'm concerned about his life more than I am about <laughs> his ground game. Okay, uh, and why why is this your last fight? I mean, I know thirty six is not exactly uh, extremely young, but you know, GSP just comes back at thirty six. What is it that made this be your last fight? Well, I'll tell you, uh, my original process thought process with the, the the retirement was more about not having the right hunger and right motivation, and um, but throughout this camp, uh, I, you know, I've taken some time off, and throughout this camp, I've really uh, brought a lot of clarity and purpose into my uh, training and into my uh, uh, into this fight, and I, I feel better than I have in a long, long time. And I'm healthy and training smarter, and got the right people around me. And um, you know, so we'll decide after the fight whether this is going to be the last one or not. But the way I feel right now, um, I could go do this a hundred more times. And uh, again, I just feel unbeatable and. I haven't felt this way in a long time, and I'm really happy and in a good place. And um, when you feel like that, man, it, it doesn't even matter what happens on Saturday, man. I'm, I'm, everything is, is – is, all the right pieces are together for me, and that's what's really important. When, now, Matt, does that take a little bit of the pressure off saying, hey, this might be my last fight? Like, hey, whatever happens, it could be my last fight. So it may be a little bit less pressure because you don't, you don't see necessarily a whole bunch of future fight implications. It's almost like if you walk up to a Playboy bunny and hit on her, you're like, she's so far out of my league, whatever, I'll just do it. And you might actually do better than you think because you're not pressuring yourself with the possible implications after. <laughs> I don't know about that analogy. Terrible but... <laughs> analogy. I suck at analogies. 
<laughs> Matt, you gotta send you gotta send Jim one of those fucking wheel but can I swear on this? Yes. Uh wheelbarrows with the weights on it. Like Jim is losing weight. You look good. You're in shape. Like what's going on? You're you're just you're eating almonds. I know. I think for every pound you've lost, I've gained one. So but what are what are those uh, are you selling those things now that I always see you uh using? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so I got I got two actually three different things and about 20 different prototypes for equipment that I'm building. The wheelbarrows are one if you want to get strong like a farmer, you know, um that's uh, sort of the uh the original uh, design of of uh of equipment that we're making and then uh the hammers also man those are just monster uh just beastly workout man you, uh, you put this. the two together i gotta say yeah, it to to it's crazy what you do you hammer be- matt what do you hammer with the hammer tires and yeah, I mean, tires now have you ever had one bounce back and hit you that always scared me with the tire besides the fact the hammer looks heavy did you ever like hit a tire and have it bounce back and hurt you no and that's you know some people do shy away from it due to the uh, possibility of injury but you know, I, you know honestly it, you know, you got to be pretty dumb to for that to actually happen um you know, you, you don't go out and, and uh, you know, hit a trampoline with it. You know what I mean? Like you, you're hitting a tire. Then it's, it's pretty heavy. So uh, we have different weights for the, the hammers. So, um, you know, you get what matches your uh, specific uh, weight. A lot of people use or your specific uh, strength. Um, a lot of people use the uh, Home Depot hammers or, you know, regular sledge hammers. And that was kind of the initial uh, thought process behind that uh, invention was, you know, let's let's improve on this. Let's make it specifically for working out, and that's what we've done with that. The wheelbarrows, we've we've used those for years and years. Uh, Westside Barbell, where I train, uh, is, uh, you know, they, they've used that for again for years and years, but they never actually uh, manufactured it. So all I did was take things that were existing and just made them better. And uh, everybody's loving them, man. Everybody's buying them. But we just came out with a uh, certification for the sledgehammers so people can actually get certified to how to use it in a lot of different ways. And, um, we got, like I said, I have a lot more uh, prototypes made too for different, for more equipment that's really going to blow people's minds. They just haven't had the time and energy to put it out. Now, this is your, your, your 12th year of fighting. I, I think you've been, you've been knocked out. Is it twice? Am I incorrect with that? Uh, which is not bad for 12 years. That's pretty are, fucking amazing. Um, uh, you're incorrect. Once. Oh, it is once. Oh well, it looks like our producer put the wrong information down. Chris, no, I comment. Guess, uh, I've been TKO'd. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I, I, okay. Yeah, I put TKO slash KO. Oh, so okay. You know what? Know. I, I I am an idiot. Um, but I, I was. But the, but the TKO was garbage, though. I wasn't out. What is something someone can do that's proactive to prevent the effects of that? The number one thing that I think helped me more than anything else was the ketogenic diet, and. Um, that's, that's the number one thing, um, you know, lots of, you know, getting the proper rest and recovery, taking uh, the right supplements. Uh, how bad is your breath on that keto diet though? I did it. And I like, <laughs> he knows about the keto breath, huh? but it, it was, I, you're right. Like you, what is the keto diet? It's all high fats, like high, high and healthy fats. Right. And pretty much no sugar. Why does it give you a weird breath? Uh, because your body's burning the fat, right? And so your your stomach, I, I think your stomach contents is. Uh, how would you describe the breath? It's almost like I mean, my breath is kicking right now from this coffee, but it's almost like ammonia or something, right? Like, how would you describe it, Matt? No, that's that's a yeah, 
man, it, how do you describe it? Shit, like it's like putrid, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's like toxic sewage. Like, but your brain it, fires man. so quickly. Everything is it's so like I I suffer from like extreme like brain fog. Like I'll listen to old podcasts where I've done where I knew that day I was just in a fog, lack of sleep or a shitty diet or or late you know staying out late the night before. When you're on the keto diet, I mean you're just right on the money. Like every like I was gonna ask you if you were on the keto because you were firing like rapid fire earlier. Like I'm like I need to get on Jim's level because he was you know there was no ums ands you knows. It was you like, don't you don't want to know what my diet consists of. <laughs> It's, it's 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 ugly. It's ugly, and it makes me question yeah. everything. So, uh, have you done the keto diet, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, and it was amazing. And I, the best, I feel like the best podcast episodes I ever did was for like the two three weeks that I was on the keto diet. I just couldn't keep it up on the road. But now there's like products. I guess you can have sent to you, like to the venues or to your house. Do like, you put weight on with it or no? Um, I lost a little bit of weight actually, which was was cool but i was eating like i was eating the craziest shit i had these cans of oysters and um like fatty salmon like you can get canned salmon and uh fucking awful what like what else i mean a lot of avocados a lot of coconut oil like i would take spoonfuls of coconut oil yeah exactly the the when you talk about the the weight loss gym that's about calories in calories out no matter what you're eating right but the entire point of the keto diet is that the weight, uh, you may not lose weight if you're eating too many calories, but you'll be burning fat. It teaches your body, it's what they, they call fat adapted. It teaches your body to use fat as energy rather than carbohydrate. And carbohydrate is not actually a necessary nutrient for life. So you don't actually have to have any carbohydrates from the day you're born until the day you die. You could go with without. So you got to see this show, Life Below Zero. This guy eats a fucking eyeball of a moose, and behind the eyeball of the moose is, like, just this hunk of fat, like a half-pound hunk of fat, and he just eats it raw. No parasites, no problem, and there's no carbs in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, It's you, and you can't mm-hmm. eat that much protein because then you get sick from can't too much protein. It? Well, I mean, he was having, like, moose sashimi. It was off the hook, but, like, that, that, that guy's probably in ketosis, right, Matt? Yeah, they say that, uh, a lot of the uh, Alaskan Eskimos or whatever, some of the indigenous people and people that, that live like that still are, in, are most likely in ketosis. They say to be totally metabolically flexible, you, you, your body should be able to go into ketosis overnight. What's that the, mean? Like uh, Going into ketosis is when you're uh, using fat for energy. Your body is, is converting uh, adipose tissue into... Uh, ketones for energy rather than relying on glucose, which is uh, basically it's, it's not as good of an energy source um, uh, other than the one downfall for it, since it's the MA show, uh, you know, is for uh, high performance. When you start getting into anaerobic state and um, basically when, you, when you're tapping into like the phosphagen system, this is when you start uh, having issues with uh, ketosis. If, like, if you're a 100-meter sprinter or a 400-meter sprinter, like this would be a problem. But uh, there's ways around that, too. There's a lot of different – I mean, it goes pretty deep. Uh, that's why they have books about it. So, um, you know, there, there's so much you can read about it. But number one, the, the mental clarity is off the chain. The uh, Just feeling less fog and just waking up. And what happens when, you, when you're eating sugar all the time is you go on this roller coaster, your blood sugar goes up. This is why you get tired of Thanksgiving, right? Your blood sugar 
goes up and then you uh, get hungry when it drops back down and you know you just end up on this roller coaster up and down all day and what the keto diet does it uh, uh, neutralizes your blood sugar so you're at a steady state all the time and you have steady energy uh, a lot of ultra marathoners are using it and uh, for the the long energy. Again, I could go on all day about No, but it. it's, it's interesting. It also explains why Eskimos are rubbing noses, probably because they're fucking eating moose eyes. Like, you want to well, kiss somebody with they moose dip, eye breath? They eat so much frozen food that they dip it in seal oil, like seal fat that's been yeah. rendered down into oil. How and, delightful. And then that seal oil... Um, goes into their bodies and keeps them warm in turn. It's it's pretty fascinating. But I would imagine move somewhere fucking warmer. <laughs> but Stop then it. you're gonna have the worst tasting jizz ever. Uh, that, you know, you're actually motivating me to fucking to eat it because that's one I like the punishment element. <laughs> here you go, naughty girl. Sorry, um, Matt. You knew I had to take it there with Jim here. So. Well, you know, Matt knows yeah. it. he's a guy. Um, so, Matt, do you have any post retirement plans? I mean, let's just say for the sake of argument, you decide win, lose, or draw that you do want to step away. What what are, you, what are your plans? Um, you know, that, I guess that's part of what makes the thought of retirement is so exciting is that I don't have a plan. Man, I never gave myself a plan B. I never thought about doing anything else in my life. So I'm really nervous and scared about the thought of retirement. So that kind of that's kind of what drives me towards it a little bit. Um, I know for, you know, for certain a few things, I know like I want to have a gym or, um, you know, be a coach in, in some manner. Um, I definitely want to I've thought about possibly like being like a firefighter, you know, some sort of public service, man. I want to give back and help others and not just for the past 10 years, I've just been, been a sponge and just soaking in and taking from everyone. And I'm ready to give back and, um, in, in more, more fashions than even just the martial arts. So other ways sure. would be cool too. Um, what about coaching so, Matt? Like, and, yeah, and tell us how you felt about yeah. the, uh, about the outcome of the TJ uh, Cody fight. Cause you, you, you kind of had a dog in the fight, right? Yeah, uh, I kind of had two dogs in the fight. I've known Cody since before the UFC, but since, since uh, you know, we're both from Ohio. Uh, All right. Yeah, and TJ, you know, uh, I'm closer with him, I guess, in the uh, nowadays, though. So I kind of had two dogs in that fight, to be honest. But I was more rooting for TJ just because of the way he handles himself and because I am closer with him nowadays and stay in touch with him a lot. And um, he invited me on the show and Cody didn't. So I got to go with him. So, um, yeah, so, uh, definitely coaching, man. That's definitely something I think I'll excel at. I think it's something, uh, I'm naturally very good at and I have a lot to offer. So that's definitely something I want to do again is how I go about doing it is kind of the big question and how I make it a, uh, monetarily sustainable thing is, is a hard part for, I guess all fighters, right? Like, I don't know how I'm going to sustain financially for a long time. Well, definitely don't do like a seal oil mail order or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. A, a baggie <laughs> of seal oil Maybe. signed by Matt. A terrible <laughs> gift idea. <laughs> well, Matt, look, dude, you're, 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 a, you're a legend in the sport. You really are. You're one of those legendary guys. And, and guys like you and Diego, you're a throwback to, to two years ago. And people really, really are excited about this fight. You're the co-main of UFC Fight Night in Norfolk this Saturday. And, uh, and look, man, whatever you do afterwards, whether you go 20 and 17 or 21 and 16 and you decide to retire, you decide to keep fighting, you're a very loved guy and, and you've given every ounce of yourself to the sport. So the fans really appreciate you, man. And, and good luck this weekend. And I, and I hope most of all you, you stay healthy 
Um, you're really you're, you're a good dude. Yeah, I wish I wish I could be there, man, and and good luck, and hopefully Dana will let you come out to the song. Was that does that remain to be unseen yet, or what? Um, yeah, I always I always think a lot about because I'm you know I'm you know I mean, I'm a big music guy, so I always think a lot about it. But we'll see. I mean, I'm sure he'll let me if I want to. You know that he. Uh, the last time, I guess it wasn't on the televised part, but it was on the, um, I guess the streaming, like it was streaming and Rogan had said something like, you know, he's so crazy because of this music he listens to. <laughs> and my Twitter went crazy. Like, did you hear? It was kind of like a veiled comment yeah, yeah. <laughs> or a, a compliment. compliment. Yeah, yeah. But then afterwards... Dana goes, oh, yeah, I let Matt come out to his death metal. I mean, it's not, it's not really death metal. It's just, like, it, there's actual sung vocals in the know. song. They don't know. I know, but it's like, you know, give uh, give us metal guys a little more props. It doesn't I know, hurt. I know. I know. It's, it's so funny, man, people's perceptions of, of metal. But, like, even, you know, people will go out and, and watch a movie like Saw, and then they'll... They'll be like, "Oh, Cannibal Corpse is the worst band in the world," or something. And it's like, dude, you just watch this shit. Like, you could listen to it too. Yeah, you know? sure. But, and yeah. and and this weekend, Clay Guida's fighting, and he's come out to like Pantera, and they're you know that's nice. that's not that different from the song I did for Matt. But anyways, let's. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yes. And uh, shout out to Dana for for letting you come out to the last time. I know he's very involved in the walkout music. And if that doesn't work, look, Wind Beneath My Wings is a delightful <laughs> song, Matt. And you could walk out to that. That would get everybody going. But listen, I mean, man. I was, I was thinking, thinking about Fleetwood Mac, maybe. Fleetwood Mac? Oh, yeah. A little rumors or something about yeah. that album. Maybe uh, you talk about Stevie Nicks getting coke blown up her ass, which she denied. All right, look, Matt, we enjoy you very much. Have a great fight, man. And uh, we'll talk to you after when lose or draw, okay? All right, thanks, fellas. Thank you, buddy. Good luck, Have brother. a good fight. And, and, uh, By the way, that's not true about Stevie Nicks. Uh, I've heard, I, I asked Mick Fleetwood, he said it wasn't. Really? Because yeah. I met her, someone like her nephew or someone I want to say. What's the nephew going to say? Yeah, my aunt gets a cold <laughs> for asshole. Of course, the nephew's a bad source. <laughs> hey, by the way, you talk to Robert Reed's nephew five years before he died. No, he likes, he likes women. You probably believe the Richard Gere thing is true, too. Believe it. I fucking bought him the animal. <laughs> I am, uh, I, you know, and by the way, the fact that I just said win, lose, or draw, I should have been fucking smashed in my mouth. <laughs> fucking asshole. Why? What a matter? sports radio hack. Win, lose, or draw. All right, listen, Jamie, thank you very much. Jim, Matt, great Sarah, seeing you, man. We'll see you soon. And, uh, Shout I'll out to Matt. See you soon. And uh, don't forget to watch. Uh, uh, I was hoping we were going to call Matt. We just, we just had, you know, we had too many. We don't have Matt on Monday. We just, we had Can too I many plug callers. some stuff? Yeah. Oh, please do. Yes. I have a live podcast in uh, St. Louis with comedian Don Jameson and former Killswitch Engage singer Howard Jones. That's at the Blueberry Hill Duck Room on December 23rd. We're doing two shows. Awesome. Get your tickets, blueberryhillduckroom.com. Uh, and then I have a podcast on gasdigitalnetwork.com. If you want to subscribe, make sure you use the code JOSTA. And then uh, HateBreedVIP.com. We're going on tour November 22nd to December 9th. Awesome. And uh, I will be at Town Hall this Saturday night. At 9.45, I also have dates in uh, London, Manchester, Dublin, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Sacramento. I got a bunch of places. Indianapolis, Peoria, Illinois. So if you want to see me, go to jimnorton.com for tickets to this Saturday, Town Hall. And, um, How are you going to watch the fights? I always watch them on, uh, I just go home and watch them on. Uh, so do you do like the fight pass yeah, yeah, while yeah. you're backstage yeah, waiting to go on? All the time, brother. And, nice. uh, and by the Chip Chipperson podcast, you can get... It is a hit. So thank you, Jamie. It was fun seeing you, man. You too, brother. Thank you. Matt, we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.
Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 